Hello and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Please remember that we have other resources and information, including our Spanish ministry at our website at thelatterrain.org. If you wish to hear other English audio messages, they are available for free either at our website or as podcast or iTunes. Just look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. There is no greater message to mankind than the gospel of Jesus Christ. If there ever was a time that Jesus was necessary, it would be now. No matter how much people may try to find answers where there are none, there is no greater hope, no greater power, no greater message than the salvation that God has provided for every person through Jesus Christ. And the wonder and power that comes through Jesus Christ is the victory that we can find in Him, in the things He has done, is doing and desires to keep doing in the hearts and minds of people everywhere. If you want to experience God for yourself and if you want to cause an impact in the world and into eternity, you only need to look to get involved with the gospel and involve others. Please stay with us for a few minutes as we look into God's Word together. Let's take a moment to go to the Lord in prayer. And then we'll get started. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy, for your grace, for the salvation and love and forgiveness that we find through your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord God, that you please forgive me for all of my sins. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that you always please remember us in your mercy and in your grace. And help us to remember, Lord God, always the mercy and grace that we find through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may speak through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may be able to open our understanding, our hearts, O Lord, and that we may clearly understand what is it that you want us to understand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to be reading today from Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 20. This is the word of the Lord. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, 
they would have been repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. What is the greatest force known to mankind that can change the world and bring Satan to his knees? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is nothing stronger, nothing more powerful. This is the power we have as Christians that can defeat even the fiercest force of evil. Our weapons of war do not belong to this world. And why would we want to use them if they are inferior? The nuclear bomb is no match for the gospel. All man-made weapons cannot even compare to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why as believers we are to take arms with Christ. Now don't lose the point of the message. This isn't an anti-gun message. What are simply saying here is the focus that every Christian should have if they really want to be a part of changing the world based on biblical principle. We live in a dark and lost world. And if we want to change things, if we want to be a part of God's dominion, then we need to focus on what is necessary, on the gospel of Jesus Christ, on sharing it with as many people as possible. We need to help open the eyes of those around us to the truth that Jesus is still the answer today. I have to say that right now, Satan has us, the church, in a very bad position. He has done an excellent job making many people too interested in the things of the world. Humanism and sin are at an all-time high in the church of Jesus Christ. There is more teaching of materialism, secularism, humanism, and any other kind of ism you can think of in our congregations and through all of the available media we have today. And if Jesus Christ is preached, he is preached in such a way to achieve human needs and desires. If you want prosperity, for instance, they say, come to Jesus. If you want human welfare, come to Jesus. Many preachers and pastors have become more like life coaches rather than sources for the gospel. That's why we see the world we see today. The world is not in bad shape because of themselves, per se, but rather because the church of Jesus Christ has not been doing its job. Our collective job, and the only one we have time to do now, is sharing the gospel. And it is the most important, and it is the one with the greatest impact here and now, and especially in eternity. The only place and time we have to share the gospel and win souls for Jesus Christ is here and now. There will be no need to share the gospel in heaven. It's all done and settled then. The place to share the gospel is here and now. People need Jesus now. The world needs to be changed now. Darkness needs to be dealt with now. Now is the acceptable time of salvation, the dispensation of God's grace. Not later, not after. So then, let's start with why we're doing such a poor job as a group. And the answer is, are we convinced ourselves that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Is Jesus the answer to our lives, the reason why we live? 
And here is we start understanding what has infiltrated our churches and congregations. Most people are fed temporary humanistic solutions through the wrongful use of the gospel because many just want to give people what they want, or at least what seems to sell. And yes, people do have needs here and now. We all do. And you know what? Even when we come to Christ, you will still have needs here and now because we live in an imperfect world and we are imperfect people, and that's the whole point. We cannot think earthbound. We need to think heaven-bound. Is God interested in helping us with our needs here and now? Of course He is. He knows that they are needs to us. But we cannot become focused on the here and now alone. That's the problem. That's why we as a group are failing. That's why Jesus is not the answer we are teaching and or preaching. We're completely out of focus and many have not quite found the answer in Jesus because they're still looking for answers to temporary things. The Bible, for instance, explains to us the wrong that is still happening, but now to a greater extent than ever before within the church. In James chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, it says this, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. The problem with the church in general is that there is too much of the world in it. There is too much friendship with the world. Satan has infiltrated the church and we have grown comfortable with him. Satan is sitting in churches and preaching from the pulpits. That's how bad it is. And why is that happening? Because sin, our carnal desires, are in charge of the message and doctrine in many places of worship. We can blame bad preachers and ministers all we want, and they are responsible for a lot of the wrong that is happening, but also because many people are comfortable to listening to garbage, things that do not perpetuate Jesus Christ and the gospel of salvation. So we understand the point. We will explain it through the illegal drug problem that exists today in the world. For example, there are people such as drug producers, traffickers, and dealers that have been able to make an incredible amount of money and exercise unbelievable power in their communities and over politicians and law enforcement. Yet, could any of these people have what they have and do what they do if there wasn't such a demand for illegal drugs? If no one bought and used drugs, could they have any kind of power or money? Of course not. So the drug user is as much to blame as the drug provider. This is the simple business concept behind supply and demand. If there is no demand to be fulfilled, then there is no need for the supply. And so likewise, if there was no demand by people to desire to fulfill the needs of the flesh in the church, then there would be no need for false teachers and ministers to teach as biblical doctrine those things that feed the flesh, which in turn they ultimately use as a means to feed themselves. And so, this whole corruption problem in the church is really a team effort, effectively. Many people want the things of the flesh still. They want corruption. And if that's the case, then there will be people that cater to the flesh and peddle corruption. 
Again, why is the universal church of Christ in general not concentrating on spreading the gospel to every creature like Jesus commanded us? Quite simply, because many so-called believers themselves are not completely convinced that Jesus is the answer. There are still many people floating in indecision and doubt within themselves. There are many called preachers and teachers and ministers that feel that the answer to life itself is in the world, in the things of the world, and those things that are sin rather than in Jesus Christ. How can we effectively share the gospel with the lost world if we ourselves, as a group, are not yet convinced ourselves? And so, we need to ask ourselves this question individually. Am I sharing the gospel with other people? Do I feel compelled to talk about Jesus to other people? And if I do not, then why don't I share the gospel with other people? Am I convinced that Jesus is the answer for my life and for the right reasons? I would encourage you to really challenge yourself and ask yourself the hard question, am I truly saved? Is the presence of the true and living God burning within my heart and soul? Why is this important? Because if the Lord is not really in your heart, then what are you doing? If God were to come for your soul today, where would you go and why? This is the main reason for why Jesus came to this earth. This is why he was born into this world, preached about the kingdom of God, died on a cross for our sins, and was raised from the dead by the Father at the third day. He came to save the lost. He came to give us eternal life. He came to transform people from fallen and lost sinners to redeemed and eternally saved people. This was his mission, the fulfillment of God's will. That's why the answer for our lives needs to be Jesus Christ. And in turn, because Jesus has become the answer to our lives, then it is only natural to want to share that same answer with the world, with those that are just as lost and fallen as we once were before coming to Christ, if in fact we have come to Christ. And so, why should we as believers in Christ be so dedicated and focused in sharing the gospel of salvation with people all around us? They asked the same question to a very well-known preacher once. A secular reporter asked him, Why do you feel compelled to share Jesus Christ with the world? And he answered with another question. He said something like this, I think we can agree that one of the most dreadful diseases known to mankind right now is cancer, where it has claimed thousands upon thousands of lives every year. Let's assume I found the cure for cancer, and that I was sick with cancer, and this medicine cured my cancer. Wouldn't the right thing to do be to share this cure with as many people as possible that are just as sick as I used to be? And so if Jesus Christ is truly the answer to your life, the reason for why you exist, then it should only come natural to you to want to share him with as many people as possible, to be concerned with their eternal welfare, just as God used someone else to help you. And if that is not the case, then there are only two answers for why, with all due respect. You are either selfish and are only interested in your own well-being with no love for others, or you have yet to understand what Jesus Christ is all about. This is the reason why I'm dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world myself, because Jesus saved me. Many years ago, I was lost, living aimlessly without hope. 
I felt alone. Everything I knew was falling apart. I had nothing to hang on to. But one day, someone shared the gospel with me. God used a person in my life to talk to me about his love, about what Jesus did for me on the cross, and that God wanted to live in my heart. I have to tell you that it was the greatest thing I had ever heard. I remember her saying this, that no matter where you are, you will never be alone because God will always be with you. And I remember that she explained to me very simply what sin was and that I had to repent from it and that I had to ask Jesus to come into my heart and surrender my life to him. I didn't doubt for a single moment what I was doing, that it was the right thing to do. And Jesus did come into my life and change me. He made me a new person, a different person. He transformed my life. I became redeemed and saved with an eternal purpose to live for Him. Nothing else really mattered after making that decision because God's presence in my heart made everything else take a very distant second place. Over 30 years have passed since I made that decision for Jesus Christ and my desire to follow Jesus and to fulfill His purpose for my life has not only remained, but it has grown stronger and stronger over the years. Being more convinced of the truth now more than ever before that the world needs Jesus Christ because he was, is, and always will be the answer to my life, the reason for my existence. Other things may impact me somewhat because I'm still human, like all of you who are listening right now, but nothing compares to the Lord of my life. Nothing compares to Jesus. The Bible tells me this in Romans chapter 8, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My desire is because I have understood clearly God's will and through the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to help save the lost, to make an impact on eternity, and to make Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus wants and needs to be the answer to your life and to the people around you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My dear friend, I don't know where you are today, but there are three things to look at today. First one is, if you have not made a decision for Christ yet, by repenting and converting from all of your sins and accepting Jesus, making him the Lord of your life, I encourage you today to do that, not tomorrow. Don't leave for tomorrow something that should happen as soon as possible. The second thing is, if you have Jesus in your heart, but for some reason, 
have lost focus on Christ and have become more focused on the things of this world, I urge you to repent from that sin and to come back into focus and begin again sharing Jesus with people all around you. And third, if you belong to Christ and you are dedicated to sharing Jesus with people around you, then don't lose heart. Keep going. Keep running the race. I know that it may seem like things are not working sometimes, but that's okay. Always remember that God is watching. The Bible reminds me of these things and I in turn remind you of them so you keep moving forward, never turning back or getting discouraged. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so, whoever you are, and whatever state you are in, please bear this one last thing in mind always that God is watching. Be concerned over your salvation, rejoicing in that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But also, if you have found Jesus Christ, you need to be concerned for others. Everyone needs Jesus in their life, whether they realize it or not. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified, and exalted be your name for your goodness and your mercy and your grace, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, to understand the personal victory that we have through your gospel, through your Son, Jesus Christ. That when we do have salvation, that everything changes in our lives. And that our focus should be more you and your things rather than the things here and now because everything that is here and now will one day go away. Nothing of what we see will remain. The only thing that will remain is our souls, but our souls will remain safe in your hands if we belong to you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that is listening. If there is someone that has yet to make that decision for Jesus Christ, that they can make that decision today that they can make that life-changing decision at this very moment, asking Jesus to come into your lives and to forgive them for all of their sins. And Heavenly Father, if there are those that have come to Christ but somehow have become entangled with the things of the world and more focused on the here and now, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help them, O Lord, to be able to wake from that, Lord God, and to be able to turn to your true intentions, to your true will and desire. And I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, 
that if there are those that are still, Lord God, hungry and thirsty to serve you, they may just keep on going, that they may not relent to the world around them, that they may not give in to Satan's temptations, and that they may just continue going forward. Heavenly Father, thank you because you are a forgiving and loving God that only desires for us to just move forward towards you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please feel free to join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. If you would like to write to us, you can do so through our website. Our web address is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.